Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's up? Just doing my thing, baby. What are you doing? Well, we need to talk. I got a beef with you. For real? Yeah. You can't, what's your beef with me? Well, how do you like your beef? Man, that's a tough question. <laughs> we're going to talk about beef today. I mean, what about it? Uh, I don't know. How to eat it. Is that it? Yeah. So how smoke it? it. How to smoke Cook it? Cook it. Eat it. Okay. So should I? All ask, the good stuff. Should I ask you? Where's the beef? Yeah. Where's the beef? The beef's at <laughs> RiverwatchBeef.com, and we have Chris Kovac here with us, the founder, of the Beef Baron. Hello, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah. The head of the herd. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be a long episode full of fun stuff. Really like bad that. jokes. Maybe. Probably. I've never told a bad joke in the history of this podcast. Hi, Chris. Good morning. Anything you can do to get me out of that, I'm good. So, well, Chris, you're the the founder of Riverwatch Beef. Uh, First off, thank you for the delicious beef jerky. Our pleasure. And I also want to say congratulations on breaking the top 100 for business podcasts. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for everyone that's listened, including you. Appreciate it. It really does take a village. I mean it. Like, I'm so humbled. Every time I look at it's something that shows that success, and I really do appreciate everyone that continues to support I, this, including our guests that take time out of their busy day to come in and visit us. I'm, and I'm so glad he's stocking the tour bus with beef jerky. <sighs> your tour bus. Uh, by the way, I stuck a large chunk of beef in the tailpipe of your tour bus. <laughs> so <laughs> we keep talking about that because once Matt found out Top 100, he started making rock star demands. He wanted a tour bus, three pounds of is it green or blue M&Ms? Green M&Ms. Why do you need a seahorse in your dressing well, room? And why do you even have a dressing room? <laughs> anyway, you're probably going to want your beef delivered. And yes. I think Chris can help with that. And so. the Wi-Fi installed in the tour bus. Oh, man. I can so, do both. So you really? can, so you can multi, go to, so you can go to, so you can go to River Watch Beef and buy Perfect. beef and subscribe and do all that. So Chris, let's talk about your business, man. How did you get into the beef business? Yeah, tell us. Because I'm crazy. That's, no, not. that's probably why all entrepreneurs got into whatever it is that we yeah. do. We are all crazy and have ADD. And it's kind of one of these things to where I knew enough to be dangerous, which is always the worst amount of knowledge to uh, to have. So the genesis was um, my family grew up in a small family farm in Wyandotte County here in Kansas City. Okay. And uh, my dad always liked being outdoors and I uh, worked for a marketing agency and had a lot of agribusiness clients, so he was out in the field a lot. And about 12 years ago, uh, we found a property out in Colorado, and uh, he decided to get into the ranch ranching business. And by that, we mean raising beef animals. And so we've been doing that, like I said, for about 12 years. And uh, my background's from ad agency and digital marketing and things like that. So I would go out there on vacation and actually work the animals which was kind of funny because I was living downtown at the time and didn't really understand what I was doing. But long story short, developed a passion for it, uh, the people that produce the beef, the animals, and uh, about two and a half years ago, decided to take the plunge full time. And we created Riverwatch Beef to deliver our beef direct to the consumer. 
and that's and you have and I know that they're um, you guys actually offer a subscription, right? We do, yes. So, and obviously that's where your history with e-commerce and you know, it, it, I by the way, when you're telling that story, I can't help but I got the picture of you wearing a cowboy hat in Cebu. Where did you find a cowboy hat in the Philippines, by the way? But anyway, the random dudes on the beach sell them to you. There you go. Yeah. But I <laughs> they picture, hustle you I picture, for them. Pictured Watson, yeah. you know, with the lasso and and all that. But all right, so. I want to talk a little bit about your history, a little more about like the e-commerce stuff and what led to Riverwatch, you know, because granted, there's, I mean, there's a lot of people that raise beef. Sure. I've been doing that for a while. Um, and obviously something, uh, I believe we discussed, you're a third generation entrepreneur. Fortunately, or maybe unfortunately. Yeah, you can go either way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my background, like I said, uh, I've been doing website development back in the mid nineties. So that was my four, what foray into being an entrepreneur, uh, worked with fortune 500 companies, uh, helping them do e-commerce or content development or marketing. And, uh, so I had the opportunity to kind of of do a lot of the heavy lifting myself in terms of writing the copy and doing the marketing promotion. And like I said, um, about three or four years ago, it really dawned on me a couple things. One, the people that work hard to produce quality food and that story isn't being told. Number two is to reduce barriers to deliver high quality food to people. And we've heard about food deserts and not everyone has access to high quality food. It's a food desert. Uh, I've never heard that. Have you heard that term? Yeah. So okay. that would be in um, uh, regions that may be a little bit economically disadvantaged. They don't have grocery stores. They don't have access to high-quality foods, and it's very hard for them to find it. Some folks may not have a car, so they're not able to go to, you know, uh, grocery stores. Kansas City is almost a food desert for all things seafood. <laughs> it is. It's getting better. Well, for good for good seafood. You actually have a good point because I won't eat seafood here. And people yeah. are like, oh, don't you want seafood? I'm like, where's the ocean? Man? Yeah. Like, it's nowhere near. And, you know, I used to live on the on the East Coast and, you know, literally eat go to Annapolis and eat stone crabs and stuff like that. And I, they came out or oysters. And I always, sea. I always tell people ironically that the best food I've ever had in my life was in the desert in Las Vegas, which is not a food desert. Also true. <laughs> you know, they say that Texas is a food desert for beef. I, I for time how is that possible? I was going to say how it yeah well for good beef I should I should I say see. and the reason why is because it's all feed yard beef mm. and uh, I, it's baffling to well, me. So when you say feed yard, you're talking just like I mean literally what you would picture like a zillion cows stuffed into a small confined area. Yeah. They're eating pellets and they're they're eating Twinkies, Skittles, um, food waste, corn, all kinds of unhealthy things. And are they really eating Twinkies and Skittles? They are. They're eating a lot of food waste because it's cheap, I cheap see. fat. And so if the animal's wow. eating Twinkies, it's probably not going to be healthy for you if you eat that as a steak. True. Okay. So, well, well so part of, I think the, uh, the movement you guys have latched onto is the whole, uh, grass fed, organic, you know, higher quality, to, to the point, like there, there, we have this huge problem with beef, chicken, pork, all of it, of the, the supply chain and the quality of it. And I always joke about the Franken chickens that we eat. That, yeah. Like, I was watching a, a documentary about that recently. It had a lot, it was just like the chicken farms. And yeah. Gross. The chicken wings are like yeah. the size of a chicken leg. Yeah. 
<laughs> I thought all beef was the same. And I thought, hey, don't all, all cows eat grass? And as it turns out, no, not really. Um, unfortunately, the big four beef producers control a vast majority of the market. So they're all about, you know, fattening up the cattle, putting a lot of artificial weight on it, and they don't care about the healthy aspects of it. And so, uh, Matt, to answer your question, yes, it was the putting a quality product. And what I mean by that is higher nutritional value. Grass-fed beef has much more antioxidant vitamins, lower fat, uh, amino acids, and CLAs and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and we want folks to really understand where their food comes from, whether it's beef or anything else, and really demand transparency in how people are producing the food, what's in it, and why it's better than what you can find at the grocery store. So, so you mentioned that you said the big four, and I'm just assuming, like most big businesses, that, you're, that there's four big players in raising right. beef. Did that have something, and that makes it hard to penetrate a market, get distribution, different things like that, because they control those channels. They control everything. Right. So it, did that have a lot to do with your decision to take this direct to consumers? No, it, it had more to do with uh, our friends and neighbors who help us produce beef. Uh, a lot of them are losing their family farms. And the reason why is the big beef producers are controlling the auction houses and they're controlling the entire supply chain. In fact, earlier this year, uh, they allegedly, the big four, colluded to reduce the price they were paying to farmers and ranchers by about 30%. Yeah, that's what the documentary I was watching. I think they were turkey farmers and the company that buy the turkeys from the farmers tell them what their bed will be. Oh, oh yeah. They it, like tell them, they say, hey, okay, and you don't have a choice. You, you've it's got the no weirdest else. thing ever. It's, like, it's definitely not a free market economy and it's definitely not like in the vein of, of capitalism. Well, and none of it is good for the consumer. No. No. Regardless of the price, but yeah. the quality and health and all yeah, that right. sort of stuff that goes into it. And if we lose our family beef producers, the big four aren't going to have anyone to buy their animals from. So it's important that we give other options to beef producers and open up other markets. And so that was really one of the main reasons why we decided to take it direct to consumer in more of a proof of concept. So we said, hey, um, dialing it back a little bit, there's a restaurant in Kansas City called the Savoy. That's the oldest restaurant in, in, uh, in the town. And, and the owner, and he sold it a couple of years ago, but we gave him some ground beef. And he said to my dad, he said, hey, this is the best hamburger I've ever had. And we said, you got to be kidding me, right? So um, that was another, well, if we can produce quality meat, and if somebody who knows what they're talking about really likes it, can we manage the entire supply chain to produce the animals and deliver it to the end consumer? So Riverwatch beef is really a proof of concept that can we do that? And can we do that consistently? And I think the answer is yes. So well, you validated that point. Didn't you guys completely sell out of everything? Uh, was that at Christmas or was that? Yes, we sold out in early December, uh, and then we also sold out in May. Um, we, and what we mean sell out, we do small batch beef. So we only process five or eight or 10 head at a time and, uh, everything from steaks to roast and ground beef and especially our jerky and to which is delicious. Well, thank you. Uh, maintaining the quality. So, um, now it's about scaling up and, and trying to still be small batch, but so that we're always have inventory and in stock. And, uh, we appreciate our customers, um, who, bias and really the support of the Kansas City community, which has been great and folks like you helping us get the word out. So do you do you have a store 
Not yet. Um, I mean, is that one of your do goals? You, do you need or want one? A butcher shop? <laughs> Maybe down the road, uh, there's a lot of expense and cost yeah, in managing yeah, retail. And so we do have some retail partners, Colonial Gardens in Blue Springs, which is kind of like an agritourism mm-hmm. um, landscape uh, type company. Uh, they sell our frozen beef as well as jerky. And then Bulk It in Lenexa also sells our jerky. So we're going to use partners and grocery stores to for the distribution and maybe in the future, perhaps doing a restaurant or maybe opening up a retail, but for now it's delivery. I mean, do you sell to any restaurants? Cause I would think they would be a prime customer. for this. We've got a couple that we're talking to uh, the local restaurants here, are a little bit resistant to grass fed beef. And because there's a lot of confusion in the market, people really don't understand what grass fed beef is. Number one. Seems number, simple to me. Well, yeah, right. it cooks differently. So okay. it, it, it cooks like wild salmon. And so to try to get people to cook two different kinds of hamburger, you have to retrain the kitchen. It really so cooks that different? It does. Why is it? Uh, and that just goes to show how crazy the difference yeah, is, right? I like, agree. You cook it at a lower temperature, um, whereas the beef you'd buy in the store, maybe you, you blast it and uh, blast it on high heat. blast it to get all the nasty, <laughs> get the Twinkies and the Skittles yeah. out of it. But it's lower heat, and it's also about 25 to 30% less cooking time because it's a leaner protein. Okay. So if you overcook it, it's going to be like overcooking wild salmon. It's not going to taste very well. So there's still a perception. A lot of people say, well, I had grass-fed beef once, and yeah, it really didn't taste good. Uh, hmm. and that was because it probably wasn't prepared correctly or it wasn't aged correctly. Interesting. So, I had no idea. Th- think about that. Like, just like, that's something I never would have considered. Like you could have a problem distributing a, a natural product because the cooks and the kitchens at all the places would have to have a different mentality when it came to how long it took to cook it. Yeah. And like that, and then how that throws everything else off, because if it takes 30% less time to cook, then you need to, you have to put the vegetables on sooner. You got to do all this. You got to do, I don't know, man. I'm just, that's it, why, that's why I never worked. It reminds me of uh, kind of when Chipotle came out with their queso and everybody hated it because they're used to like fake Velveeta cheese and Chipotle tried to make a natural queso and everybody's like, uh, no. I'm all for natural, man. I just, and it's hard. It's hard to like eat natural stuff. Everybody's so accustomed to eating yeah. fake cheese. Well, that's right. And I mentioned just in general, it's just what's in front of you everywhere you go. And, you know, I mean, I'm a big advocate of of the organic and all that stuff because you're there is a ton of nasty. Same thing. You go to McDonald's, you're not getting cheddar cheese. That is not grass fed beef. Yeah. And it's not. It might not even be beef. (laughs) No, it is beef, but it's not from America. Unfortunately, it's 51 percent beef, probably. And uh, I read an article and and uh, don't take this as fact, but they mentioned something like there could be a couple hundred animals in one McDonald's hamburger because they're aggregating. And oh, well, that's good. That's also not healthy, though. It's 51 percent. That's also not healthy, man. Not at all. Yeah, because who knows? Because if one of those out of 100 has got some something yeah you go, it's just like contaminated there's one other thing about perception of grass-fed beef and it's a leaner product and people say well if it doesn't have fat or if it's not well marbled it's not going to taste good and the inverse is actually true if it's quality grass-fed beef because the animals or, or the beef gets its flavor from uh, the grasses that the animals eat and it actually has more of a beefy flavor it's almost like venison you know you, you get that it's not quite gamey. I like venison. I, stay, it's, I, stay, it's I told lean. you that before we started. I, I mean, but it's my wife won't eat it and she won't even try it because it just, it's different. It's something mm-hmm. different. And she's like, oh, I don't want to try that. But she also doesn't want to ever 
consider if you asked her where beef came from, she would say the store. Which is, I guess, correct, but not. So it, I want to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you've had. But, you know, you have, you're competing with like Blue Apron. And is, is that who Amazon owns or do they own a different one? And just like the, the delivery of any food product. And, and I would imagine that it's probably expensive to acquire a customer. Very expensive. My understanding is Blue Apron was spending $480 plus to acquire one customer. And they're going for the lifetime value, yeah, of course. Sure. And, and they've that's got, a lot. Yeah, it, it's hard to compete. And so there's a lot of competition um, from, I would say, the bigger players who you, you're familiar with. Uh, there's also more and more family producers that are getting into this, which I think is great. Um, and, you know, it, it's... Uh, I mean, any business is going to have a struggle. Well, first off... 480 bucks that's a lot to acquire a customer yeah, i mean it depends on what it is i mean i don't know what the for um, anything consumer facing where consumers don't spend a whole lot of money and yeah and then you no have contract. other costs in there too because you you obviously when you're shipping something that's perishable yeah i mean dude that's a whole nother a whole nother can of worms is it it, it is and we're a small shipper and so right. we basically have to pay retail for our packaging for the we ship ups uh so it's very expensive um, also expensive to be a small batch producer. So everything's by hand. Everything's an artisan approach. So it, it, it's, I would imagine on the flip side of that, though, that there are that if you find customer, I bet your customer loyalty and is still high it, because if people want what you're selling and they understand what you just described, they get the value. They do. Our audience is really niche. So we're not trying to sell beef to all people. Uh, our top customers tend to be women uh, in their 50s and their family used to buy uh, an animal from a friend or a neighbor yeah, yeah. and they would all go in together. And that's really hard to find anymore. Wow. So and what they're looking for is an all natural product. They may have some cholesterol issues. Grass fed beef has lower bad cholesterol and more good cholesterol, but it's hard to get the word out because we were an unknown quantity and yeah. who's river watch beef. And, so how'd you do that? Uh, just kind of bootstrapping. So one person, I mean, at a like, time. like legit the door to door kind of networking mentality. Yeah. We gave away a lot of samples sure. and said, Hey, you know, how are we doing here? Um, testing the delivery process and the cold packs and everything. Um, going back to the support in Kansas city, I've been on several podcasts and other things to help get the word out radio right. shows and whatnot. So the community has been helpful and yeah, it's just a lot of hustling going door to door, talking to people. Um, once we get, that base of good customers, they're referring us to their friends and sure. family and we're just growing organically. Do you make a, a point to seek that referral from your clients or customers? We ask. Sure. Um, I do all the deliveries and so I get to talk to folks and when they see that we're a family business and we're family centric, um, a lot of people ask, hey, how can we help you? We'd love to introduce you to a restaurateur or a chef or our neighbor down the street that's looking for some good beef. Um, we've tried to do some advertising on Facebook and Google, and that's my background, web marketing. Uh, same issue. I bet that's probably pretty expensive as well. It, it can be expensive, but it's more about a frequency. It's not really a one-click purchase. You're right. not going to say, oh, I see this ad and I'm going to buy a you know, 
$100 worth of beef and have it delivered. So it's a frequency of getting what, on How much is the up. average order? Um, it's a, it exceeds a hundred dollars. Uh, we've got our lowest package at $49. So, and at, what would that include? Uh, 10 pounds of ground beef. So four ninety a pound delivered. We offer free delivery in Kansas city. It's really not that bad. Well, that's basically a yeah. cost. And we do that to, again, get in front of people to get constant feedback to make sure we're doing our job. And so we're having repeat customers and now they're buying ribeye steaks and fillets and briskets and whatnot. It's called the lost leader. It is. And retail, that's what you refer to. Yeah. That's your, your uh, whatever, your nine ninety nine something. So do you have a lot of competitors? There's a lot of other people that are doing this? There are. The biggest competitor would be Butcher Box out of Boston. Uh, they did crowdfunding probably about three or four years ago now. And uh, they're killing it. They're doing great. Um, I think they're doing... Uh, what they do is they partner with a number of different producers and they kind of do the processing. So and they're more into distribution than they are. And we only focus on grass fed beef. They focus on all protein. So you could get chicken or heritage pork or um, even some seafood now, but they're, I think they're doing a great job. Um, there's other ones. like. So are you beef only? We are. We're, okay. we're grass fed beef only at this point. So our niche is 100% natural beef that's free ranged, grass fed, no additives or anything like that. Um, maybe one day we'll get into Kobe beef, but we'll see. Uh, that was actually a question I had because I know that some of the specialty things, like what what, I, what is it? Why is Kobe beef? I know it's good because I've eaten it. It's a different kind of cow, right? It's delicious. It's a different kind of cow. It's also the original Kobe strain from Japan. They all died out. Uh, they caught some kind of herd disease. And so now they have like New Zealand uh, Wagyu beef and Kobe. Yeah, and Wagyu's this good. And it's their... their they used to feed them beer and barley and massage them, and I don't think they really do that anymore. Wow, I need that. I'll do that. <laughs> and and massage me and beer and barley. I've been trying to put you out to pasture since we started <laughs> this podcast. So if that's what's going to get it done, perfect. Then that's fine. It's and a good I, life. I've also wanted to lasso you. And we can do that. I mean, that's actually for those of you listening. If you can catch me, sixty-three percent of the time, I actually physically lasso Matt Watson. And pull him into the studio, and he's like kicking to do the podcast, yeah, kind of kicking, right, and yeah. literally when you say kicking and screaming, he is. Yeah, yeah, that's Dude, true. I, it's the high pitched squealing that I yeah, do without. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I am a cow whisperer, so I can talk to you and kind of Ooh, settle you wow. down a little bit. This is also, you know, how I've been threatening for years every time one of your kids has a party to like bring livestock i'm still waiting for that hippo i know i'm the guy that well you're like hey my kid's birthday parties in two weeks on saturday i'm like what is your neighborhood's policy on livestock <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know and then I'll, I'll send a subtle message to the wife and i'll be like what's up do your kids you, it's all about how you ask it's like do your kids like petting zoos and you just leave it and you don't even reply they're like why what what do you mean what are you doing what do you have planned and you just you have to ghost it you have to have the discipline to ride it out. Can a hippo fit in your swimming pool? Yes, yes. Or, the answer yeah. is yes. yes. Uh, I know other, somebody, they tried it. The follow-up question with that is also, what is your neighborhood's policy on open flame? So, um, yeah. Well, I've been making people very uneasy for years right before their children. I have another question for you. So, Kansas City is home to barbecue. It is. Yes. Dang. So, and, and do you it, think much Kansas City barbecue is actually made with grass-fed beef? No. I mean, so there's a whole nother level to barbecue that we haven't unlocked. 
or maybe we had that level a hundred years ago. And, and, and for those it. of you listening outside of Kansas City, Kansas City it has the best barbecue. I've been all over the country. Yeah. I've tested this theory, and I'm not just being like a hometown hero here. It's true. We rule. Why the uh, barbecue teams don't use grass-fed beef? It's because it's leaner. And if you want good burn ends, which is a Kansas City staple, yeah. which is the end of the brisket, you need that big fat cap. And we've got a good fat content, but not like a primary choice cut. And so all the barbecue teams really want more fat uh, than than a leaner type product. They need more Skittles and Twinkies. <laughs> it brings out the flavor profile. Yeah. Um, but we are, we do have a couple barbecue teams, uh, that we've given some samples and they really liked it. So I think the preparation's different and, and I'm, I'm not a pit master, at least not yet, but, uh, I think that Is would that be like a real thing. It's like, I thought you just declared you were a pit master. Do you like get certified? I'm that? a pit master as well. You're you can? Matt pit master Watson. Armpit master maybe. <laughs> There's a gentleman by the name of Paul Kirk who runs a pit master school in Kansas City what? and he is internationally famous. He's I've had uh, the opportunity to know him for a long time. We need to get that dude in. I want to know what it's like to run a pit master academy. It's uh staying up all night and looking at beef and it, it's, it's got to smell like an so armpit. So the the people that live behind in the house that our backyards connect and we're friends with them but they love making barbecue and uh, you know i'm a night owl so sometimes i'm awake at like three in the morning and i see my neighbor steve like like sneaking out into his backyard yeah. and his like boxer shorts to like check the smoker yeah he thinks no one sees we see you steve <laughs> i saw you buddy and you know the hardest part is is i smell it and I, i'm gonna be honest i have considered being, stealing some being a thief yeah. yeah without a doubt so I mean, it's true though i mean it's true so, you could steal it and leave some beef jerky in this place yeah, that'd be that. That would actually be really fun. I'll steal the <laughs> brisket, your ribs and, your and I'm going to take. I'm going to buy a bunch of beef at RiverwatchBeef.com, which is where our listeners are probably going to go and buy some of this. Hopefully, or get a subscription or do something because it is good. It's really good. But yeah, that would be really funny if he went to the just put one little flat piece of jerky <laughs> where the brisket was. You oversmoked it, and just <laughs> and never say anything about it ever again. Or like, I can give you a brisket and you can sneak over and put it in the smoker and. See how he likes it. I don't want to do that either. I like. I'm gonna just put like. I'm gonna. Eat, I'm gonna take a bite out of the jerky too before I put it in there, and then I'll never admit that I did it. It's because you got to play the thing out. It's like the. It's like yeah. the livestock and the and the other things. So now I'm sitting here looking at these show notes, and it. I see something here that says there's going to be a special offer for startup hustle listeners. This is a first. Really? Well, I mean, it, it's a first that yes. Our guests are apparently overwhelmingly greedy when it comes to promo codes. Hmm. I, well, that's part of why we wanted to have you in here. By the way, thanks again for coming in because what we're trying to do is provide a diverse, I'd say library or whatever lineup of, you know, we, we're software guys and we've done some other stuff, but, you know, we wanted, we were just in another episode talking about the importance of like mastermind groups and learning from other people and other entrepreneurs and like knowing that there's this massively high cost of acquisition that just makes me feel a little better about some of the cost of acquisition that I complain about on some yeah. days. Right. But getting a different approach to things I didn't realize, I didn't, I've never heard of the food desert and just kind of learning some different stuff, but yeah, you, you, this will be the first ever discount code and I'm going to let you pitch that. 
Yes, for our listeners, uh, if you go to riverwatchbeef.com, um, we've got a grass-fed beef club, which is a monthly subscription. We've got a number of beef packages, uh, gift packages. We also do custom beef box. Uh, if you place an order for any amount and you use the coupon code HUSTLE, um, you get 10% off, and that includes sale prices. So as we talked about, uh, 10 pounds of ground beef, which is very lean, dry age, 21 days, uh, would be about $4, about $44 after the coupon. So, uh, Is it okay to freeze this stuff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So USDA requires us to freeze it. Uh, as soon as it's processed. So, uh, so you we, already we, freeze it. Yeah, we store okay. it at minus 25. Is okay. all beef like that? Not all beef, but, but to, to be able to ship it. Yeah, oh, to it, ship it, yeah, sure. It's got to be frozen. Okay. And, and and by you, the way, I want to talk about that Like as as we move on. I want to talk about the challenges of, of some of the things that you learned about shipping and fulfilling orders, because it's a lot harder than people think. Yeah. Yeah, again, I, I knew enough to be dangerous and then I <laughs> uh, had to uh, make some adjustments on the fly. But we actually ship nationwide, get a lot of orders from California, New York, Texas. So uh, it's been interesting to uh, make sure that it, it gets there on time and it gets uh, it's delivered frozen. So do you deliver anywhere outside of the United States? Not yet. There's all kinds of laws. Um, we've, I see. We, we've talked. Oh, about, that's a good point. Even when we fly to Cebu, like they'll, well, on the way back, they're like, true story. I bought bought beef jerky and they're like, you know, you have to eat all that before you get on the plane. Yeah. In Taiwan, they will not allow you to bring in uh, even beef jerky through the airport. You have to throw it away. So I've had to throw beef jerky away in Taiwan. That's a shame. Yeah. But it should never happen. Because usually it's not cooked meat. I'm just like stuffing it in my mouth. I look like a chipmunk going through customs. I, I really did on one. I was with you. We were, we were in, where was that, the really crappy airport in Japan? Nagoya. Nagoya. God, how does that? It's terrible. That's like the worst airport that I've ever been to internationally. And then you go to Taipei, which is like the greatest. You haven't been to Singapore yet. I'm going to get it out of the way. Send pictures next time. But yeah, I bought like a big thing of beef jerky, which by the way, that's that's interesting too. Because, you know, much like barbecue, beef jerky has got some regional flavors and tastes. I used to live in the Southwest and they put like green chili and all kinds of stuff on it. It was not good for people like me. Make you sweat. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it hurts on the way out too. Yeah. Let's just keep it real. So you guys ship this stuff on dry ice? We actually use cold packs. Dry ice is a hazardous material because it sucks the oxygen out of the air. So um, we've got an insulated box that uh, a company in Kansas City actually found this and said, hey, we've got good packaging for you and it works great. So we put cold packs in there and um, haven't had any returns. And uh, so we're thankful for that. Have you had any, did you have any tough learning curves with, I mean, we were just mentioning that, but has, I mean, there's no way you ship a lot of packages. We used to ship a lot of packages at the ticket company and every now and then the machine just eats one or something like that. Yeah, it, it was, um, things like making sure that we have a plastic bag so that if a cold pack cracks, that it's not getting, uh, liquid all over to make, I actually build all of our boxes myself. And so I tape the foam insulation together so that there's no gaps. Uh, I actually tape the outside of the boxes as well. So I, we do as much as we can to make sure that it stays cold. We, um, we've talked to a number of different shipping companies and we're, we're just like anyone else. So, you know, they, they try to get it there and we do ship it insured, but, uh, it's, we're, we just do retail shipping. So 
you know what? That is a perfect segue to oh yeah, we got a version of mixtape. Yeah, 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 and it, it fits really well because if your beef shipment goes bad, and it won't, because Riverwatch sounds like they really got it together. But if it did, you might run into this scenario. Yeah. You guys want to check out mixtapethegame.com. So we're going to name a scenario. Digital product coming soon. By the way, mixtape was in Rolling Stone this month. Really? Yes. Wow. I Joel just sent me a picture of it. It, you know how like literally Rolling Stone magazine. You know how they do those things. They'll be like must have items for the summer. Yeah. Well, they had a whole bunch of them, and then there's mixtape. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. He said I got that. Like Joel, he was like apologizing. He's like, "This is really cool." Sorry to send it so late. I'm like, dude, if you're if mixtape is in Rolling Stone, you can send me that picture 24 hours a day. I'm that's cool awesome. It, yeah. yeah. So. um but so I'm going to name a scenario and then you're going to go, you're going to, we're all going to name a song and then we'll vote for the other person. So this one, which I said was maybe a little dreary. So if you're peering through a rainy window, and I would assume that also goes for through a window on a rainy day, much like today here in Kansas city, it has, it's been, every day has been a rainy day. It's not always sunny in Kansas city. <laughs> so are you going to go first? Cause I feel like we're going to pick the same song. I'm going with Only Happy When It Rains by Garbage. Okay. I'm going with Blame It on the Rain by Millie Vanilli. Okay. I got to go with Riders on the Storm by The Doors. Gets my vote. Do you see what I did? You know, Riders, Cowboys. <sighs> yes. That's, exa- I, that's exactly. You had it all. All right. I'm going with our guests. They always I know. Win. Congratulations. Yeah. The winner. We need to start numbering these. We like, you know, UFC is on like 238, so we need to have like mixtape 37. Okay. I mean, I don't know, man. It's something you got to keep track of it somehow. But um, so, and by the way, for those of you listening, check us out on Instagram on at, at, at Startup Hustle Podcast, where after you listen to this episode, we will post an image that once again has the discount code of Hustle. And we will put the logo from Riverwatch Beef on there. And that way, if you need to figure that out later, you want to know where to go, you can find it right there. Um, I, yeah. I just love that we have guests on that are not tech companies, you know, just learning that was the point. startups yeah. and, yeah. you know, new businesses that are uh, doing totally different things. Because a lot there's a lot of people out there that are trying to start businesses that are not necessarily tech companies. In, so. in our recent episode about startup communities. Yeah. Um, and, you know, go back a couple episodes and listen to that. Uh, we were talking about reaching out and I, and I mentioned that's how I, that's how I met Chris because mm-hmm. I crowdsourced it. I, and I went and asked our a very active startup community. And I said, who, I want to talk to non-tech people who are the entrepreneurs, influencers, anybody, give me yeah. someone that does something different. And so you were, you were on that list. Um, and like, well, actually Ryan O'Connell, did, and that wasn't software that was influencer marketing. And then there were, uh, you know, some others like we have the Casey soda company company coming. I hope they bring free stuff too. Yeah. I would trade jerky for good soda. Yeah. And then, well, thou mayest coffee and that's what we're drinking. I think they sent five pounds of roast beef or ro- not roast beef, roast coffee. Roast coffee. So thank you, Bo Nelson, <laughs> who's someone that we're following. And also we're going to follow river watch beef on All right, our Instagram good. account, which is a great place to look to see who we're following. Do you have an Instagram account? Yes, we do. And it's at Riverwatch Beef. And so you can see our animals out in the pasture. You can Ooh. see the our family and friends, uh, my dad and I included, who are actually raising the animals. We're actually located, uh, so we raise our cattle in two different places. One is near Trinidad, Colorado. 
uh, the booming metropolis, which is in the very south part of the state, and then um, Wyandotte County here uh, in Kansas City. So the property in Colorado was actually on the Charles Goodnight Trail, which was the original cattle trail, very famous Lonesome Dove. Uh, was shot around that region, or at least it was based on that. Um, so we are at the intersection where all the old cattle herds used to graze. And the reason why is it was the best grass in the region. There's some grama grass out there and talk about non-technical. Um, the grasses in Colorado and Kansas have a much higher nutritional value than other grasses. Wow. And so we also uh, raised two different places because of drought. So Colorado's experienced, we're in the middle of a 15-year drought. This year, we've actually had more rainfall than the last couple of years combined. Where were you in Colorado again? What it's area? near Trinidad, Colorado. Yeah, so sure. it's the last stop yeah, yeah. on I-25 yeah. before you hit New Mexico. So the idea was a hub-and-spoke model that mm -hmm. we would have our herd out there and we would take some animals here. Uh, or if there was a drought, we could trade. And I, I used to live, I lived in Durango. Oh, four years and yeah it is beautiful but it's it's different because it's right there next to new mexico so it's kind of like borderline mountains and desert and very interesting place interesting 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 so by the way i want to play another trivia game while we're at it so um and who wants to go first uh, i'll go okay your enthusiasm yeah. is overwhelming yeah, me, yeah, Matt. Yeah. Matt loves it when I make up games yeah, here on the yeah. podcast. Um, so we have had listeners in 173 countries so far. Yeah. And I think it's really surprising, the top 10 list. Oh. Okay. So I'm going to give – you guys can be a team. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you – you get – okay, we're just going to be like baseball. You get three strikes. And we got to get the top tens, like family. You got to. You only got to get five because I'm like not going to make every. Feud. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. I'm all gonna. Right. I might make a buzzer sound, but so all right. You have to get five right before okay. you get three wrong, and you can't take more than five seconds to all make right. a pick. So we're going our... United States, ding. Canada, ding. Philippines, ding. Germany, ding. United Kingdom, ding. Woo 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 woo. Oh man, dang. That was really good. So who do you think you left off of the list? Uh, our, our brother in Russia. <laughs> I don't no. know. Australia. Australia. That makes so I'm going to read the list in right. order because yeah, yeah, okay. it really surprised me. Okay. I really surprised. And by the way, you'd think that Philippines would be high. It's not. It's barely on the list. I just know we have enough employees. It went over United States. It went United. Yeah, I, that's why I, I know. I actually sent a message in Slack today. I was like, "Hey guys, why are you?" Well, they're ninth on the list. Yeah, it goes. It's United States uh, overwhelmingly. Yeah, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, Germany, China, China, France, South Africa, the Philippines, and then New Zealand. Yeah, and that was the top ten. And I, in a later episode, I want to figure out who the countries we're missing are, and we're going to run some kind of crowdsourcing campaign to get, I, I want them all. Well, we're only like 10 away from all of the uh, United Nations. While you countries. were, well, wh while you were gone, we did formulate a plan to get a listener in North Korea. We were going to buy uh, the old Microsoft Zune players because okay. we got to be able to get a good deal on those. Yeah. No one wanted those. We we're going to load them up with the starter puzzle. We're going to fly them in on balloons. Okay. And then we realized we had, a, they don't have internet. So mm. we're going to also have to build a blimp. How are we going to count that they listened? Well, that's the problem because then we realized the Zoom player didn't have Wi-Fi, mm. didn't do anything. So we really just failed. We're working on it. It's a it. bad start. We're going to work on us. Hey, 
We're getting. How are you going to monetize this? I'm not trying to monetize. I'm trying to get one <laughs> listener in North Korea so I can get that off the list. Like it's going to be a tough one. We actually have had listeners in Iran, wow, and other places. And you'd be shocked. Yeah. And and does the Isle of Man only have men on it? Because we've had listeners from there. So, right. gentlemen, thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, this was fun. I, you guys swept right through that list. I should have made that a little tougher. So, all right. So check it out. Go to RiverwatchBeef.com. See what they're doing. Buy something, use the code HUSTLE. Um, you can also contact them at 800-373-5210. Is that correct? It is. And uh, we don't really have a fancy call center, so you'll get to talk to me. And That's good, man. Personal it, service is returning. I like it. It, it is. Uh, we've we've often said that we want to be the Zappos of beef. And so do they answer the phone too? Well, they, actually, they, they do. Actually. Back in the day, you could order a pizza from them. And you can say, hey, I want a pizza delivered. They'd get on Google. Tony Shea was telling this at uh, Big Omaha. And uh, so anyway, they talk and help you however they could. And uh, what we want to do is we want to be the beef concierge. So if somebody's looking for particular cuts, we can even do some custom stuff or want, cool. want more information about how we produce our beef. Uh, our goal is to be 100% transparent. I like it. I like it. Call them to buy beef, not a pizza. <laughs> or at least buy a beef pizza. So yeah, check that out. Um, I love what you guys are doing. I love the approach to what you're doing. Um, thank you for coming in and thank you. Know, thank you really for real. Thank you for, you brought by several bags of beef jerky. Yeah. Thank you. Of which, delicious. of which it took exactly 13 seconds to get into the first bag. Actually you disappeared with one. No, like, I did immediately. you like, she came in with the box. She said, someone dropped off beef jerky. I was like, yeah, that's Thursday's guest. And Watson, your hand, like, I've never seen you move so fast. Yeah. It was like uh, the Matrix. Dude. I you love beef like, turkey. So. And then he was gone. Yeah. Like Kaiser Sose or something. So anyway, um, I'm looking forward to trying some of the beef. I'm going to buy some of it online and and check it out. And, Me too. And and because I'm going to lower my cholesterol. And if I could also say thank you for inviting us to be on Startup Hustle. And, and thank you for what you're doing for the business community. But, but spotlighting Kansas City and being part of this great community. And I know you guys have been part of the community for a long time. But it's just so cool. Uh not in a homerish way, I don't think, but uh, what Kansas City and and everyone helping and really we're, we're super homerish about Kansas City. <laughs> I mean, most all, almost all of our guests are yeah. from Kansas City. And, and yeah. you know, I started my first company in 1996, and I wish there would have been some of the resources that are here now. But just to see all kinds of people from different backgrounds doing all kinds of cool yeah. things, uh, it's really special. Well, we're in Cowtown. We should have yeah, River, man. River Watch beef on it. our podcast. I dig it. And once again, check it out. Anyway, I'm a, I got dude, I got a lot of beef jerky to eat. I'm going to see All you right. guys next time. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.